Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Today, we are speaking with the author of the book, and the title says everything. The book's title is Decrypted, A Financial Trader's Take on Cryptocurrency. My guest is Leng Ho Lon. He's a financial trader, blockchain angel investor, and of course, author of the book we're reading today. Up and down, up and down. How do you capitalize on crypto prices cycles? Some analysts say these are predictable. Um, but how far has Bitcoin come in the past decade? And what do you need to know if you hope to get into this whole crypto space. We're going to find out how do you even buy cryptocurrency. Joining us, Ling Ho Lon. Congratulations on your book. Let's give our listeners a little bit of a background on it. So you say you raised $170,000 with this book, which was initially meant for charitable reasons. Uh, it was totally unplanned. So as I was writing this book, I can I can expand on how 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 I come about writing this book. But uh, as I was writing the book, it's obviously not for commercial success because I'm still having a day job. Uh, but if I have to sell it, so I thought you might as well get to the charity. Um, so I reached out to friends and my current workplace, which kindly donated half of the amount that I raised, so maybe a total of hundred seventy thousand. So for so that was one of a thousand books. That's correct. That was in May. So uh, Marshall Cavendish kindly now printed the. And this version and is now on sale, so I'm very happy about it. Let's start, Holon, with uh, your ideas on how you apply your trading experience to demystify crypto in this book. So, so going back a little bit, uh, 2016, I left my career, take a break, and I was uh, venturing into tech startups. Uh, I spent a lot of time in NUS. The cryptocurrency caught my attention because of the infinite possibilities of the blockchain. And also my experience in trading caught my eye with this uh, cryptocurrencies that going up and down uh, quite a fair bit. So I thought where the dollar signs lit up on me, mm. uh, I saw the flip side of it. It has to be very confusing for, for a lot of investors because it's so new. And because of this, there would be a lot of wrong decisions and uh, also um, fear-mongering. So I thought, you know, the more I share my experience, then people will probably get um, to know a bit more. So accredited investors are usually okay because with their experience, with their net worth, uh, they could pay someone to understand a bit more. However, the, the, the risks lie in those that doesn't have enough information or, or money. Um, not only they they make bad decisions on on lack of information, they're also very susceptible to scams and, uh, and and cheats. Yeah, in fact, the fear of missing out or FOMO that often is associated with cryptocurrency or alt currencies is something that you touch on in chapter seven, and you say that people need to be aware of uh, you know um, the flip side, so to speak. I tried to put the book uh, with a lot of anecdotal um, examples. A lot of uh, I have to say thank you to the research team that helped me to to build this up. Uh, I I hope to make people uh, understand this easily. But a lot of the content of this book, I try to skew it towards um, just like an ordinary investment. You, uh, anyone that wants to be, be part of a very volatile uh, move in a, a financial instrument, yep. uh, whether it's a stock, a bond or, or cryptocurrency, yep. you really need to have the um, preparation for this. So do you provide a framework that not so much in this book, anyone but I, can use to understand it, no? Not, not so much in this book, but uh, I try to explain what it really is and uh, I touch upon how how it's just like another investment uh, and you have to be eyes open when you go into it. Okay, yeah. so let's get your views. How far do you think Bitcoin has come in the past decade? 
Bitcoin has come a long way, but it's still extremely new. It comes uh, from, you know, there's a, there's a few chapters I tried to put, the, demystify the, the myths, and also a few chapters I say that Bitcoin will never become a replacement for currency. So, so we will still have, a, um, not, none of these markets will, um, people resemble it as a bubble, like a tulip bubble and all this, right? But, yeah. but Bitcoin is more like a goal that people discover and then it's a store of value. It's something that will not vanish like, like tulips, right? And hasn't got much of uh, institutional uh, involvement. Mm-hmm. So I have, in my experience, I haven't seen anything that vanishes before you get a much bigger subscription to it, right? There's a lot of bad press, but there's not enough subscription to it. So there's a long way to go, not, uh, not to mention the, uh, the technology is going to build on it. Okay. Some say, though, the energy required to mine Bitcoin has led to some wondering about its sustainability. Um, what do you say? I think that is uh, a belief that Bitcoin is just energy turned into um, something. Through crunching um, algorithms. Yeah. It is part of that, but it is really a technology that is built um, on a decentralized ledger uh, that would lead to a lot of other developments on top of this technology. Bitcoin in itself is very small in this part of uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain. Right. But it is uh, Satoshi Nakamoto started this, that you say, 10 years ago, mm. uh, of this technology that suddenly there is a system that can be uh, there to provide a platform for any currencies without uh, a central command. And, but there's so much mystery around it. I mean, you just mentioned that anonymous programmer with the Japanese moniker. We don't even know if that person is an individual or a group. Correct. And if that person exists today, it wouldn't be uh, a Bitcoin because, you know, in the past, if you have even a decentralized project or uh, a model, there is someone behind it then it's not really decentralized. So it's mm. in purpose that the person stays behind it so that this can take off. Speaking of decentralization, we know that the Binance CEO has recently lauded Fidelity's move into the crypto asset space, but other critics are less welcoming of banks entering the space. As you mentioned, it was meant to be about decentralizing uh, fiat, right? So what do you think about institutional interest in the space? Institutional interest comes in a few modes. So some of it is waiting for this to develop to be a bigger market. So it's now like uh, $200 billion. It was almost hitting a trillion dollars. So a lot of institution, this institution is, uh, waiting, was waiting for this to, to participate. But it's really, I think, it's the custodian uh, solution that is not uh, in place. Meaning uh, if you want to participate in Bitcoin, where do you keep it? How do you keep it safe? Right? It's, it's quite daunting for any institution to, to keep a Bitcoin. Uh, in your question on why why people are not favorable for banks to, to participate mm. is the again is is all this myth about bitcoin is not a, a proper investment is is some sort of criminal uh, uh, activities uh, i explained some in the book so hopefully that would demystify such a, such a claim in 2009 an anonymous programmer releases a new method of paying and being paid to the world no one runs it no one controls it no authority verifies it in this its creator promises is a way around banks and governments, around laws and regulations, and around failure itself. Well, that's from the book Decrypted. But is it really, uh, you know, a method to get around failure? Uh, Hold on. Tell me about what you think personal investors need to understand about cryptocurrency and blockchain. I think a lot of uh, personal investors think about um, money being hacked when they think about uh, investing. Um, that is a big difference between uh, the hacking is on 
the exchange or hacking is from your wallet. I, you, you talk about phishing earlier on in your in your um, in your program. Uh, I think that is no different between a hack of an exchange and, uh, that holds bitcoins and like a, a bank that's operating. So so that is something that we cannot avoid, right? However, if you invest in cryptocurrencies in your wallet, the digital wallet that's encrypted, that is like a, a physical wallet that you have. The money in there only you can actually access to it. However, if you lose those keys or passwords, you also lose the the, uh, the money like just losing a physical wallet. So, Okay. So the security concerns, um, are they real? Are we, we know South Korean major cryptocurrency exchange, Bitdam, was sold for about over $300 million to a consortium that's led by a plastic surgeon. Um, and hackers breached into Bitdam. And it was one of the country's biggest virtual currency exchanges, and they stole thirty-two million dollars. Yes. Um, so yeah. So that that's what I was talking about. So basically, most of this hack is through just a normal organization hack, right? A lot of them is maybe inside job that mm-hmm. you know people create holes and then leave the company and then hack it back. So that is a problem with every other new industry that is um, going so fast. Right, so with with money involved, people aim to you know uh, create crime around those. So you think there's no greater concerns about hacking into cryptocurrency exchanges than the, any the, other organization? There are concerns, so I would suggest everyone invest in companies that are even stronger in defense in, in the sorry the uh, the e defense. So companies like Coinbase and Gemini in the US is properly gated. So those are the places where I think it's safer. Do, do you have some tips for personal investment portfolios in terms of diversification or thinking about I think, this area? I think one thing I really hope people would think about before investing is it is it is just like any other volatile instrument that you want to invest, just like a penny stock or currencies that is very volatile. It's the same, same concept, right? So there is uh, no easy way to make money in this. Mm. Invest in your own, uh, uh, what, what you can afford, really. So some say crypto prices often move in predictable cycles. From what I'm hearing, you don't think that's so? Or you can't capitalize on these cycles? It is too early for crypto to have a cycle. Yes, I think, personally, I think crypto is a store of wealth and it's, um, so it is very correlated to emerging markets. It's correlated to um, stock market. And this year, crypto is down so much. It's also because the, you know, across all assets this year mm. is probably the most wide um, losing year for, for all the instruments uh, since 2008. So how does your book, Decrypted, take into account rapid technological advances in blockchain and crypto? It was a it was a very strong challenge for me to to write it at the time that crypto was moving uh, a few forwards and back down. So there were a lot of uh, modification along the way. That that was a challenge. But I think the I wasn't trying to um, write so much of the technology because I am not from the technology background. But I was really hoping to um, share my message that trading crypto is is something like trading the financial markets in the past for me. Uh, it's just a different underlying. It's extremely new mm. and it's, um, it's the millennials game. So in the past, uh, we all want to invest in gold and then you invest in hedge funds, invest in uh, um, ETF. The millennial is showing a very strong uh, preference to invest in digital assets. Yeah. So, You say though, while altcoins have their place, for them to try to take on Bitcoin is an entirely different challenge altogether. What do you share in this book about altcoins? 
All coins is a very um, wide definition of any coins other than Bitcoin. In itself, there are, I would say, two or two, three different categories. The main category is the protocol layer. The protocol means the coins that would allow other applications to build on top of it. Yep. So there is, you know, uh, there is ma- many multi multi billion valuation uh, protocols there to compete against being the the main protocol for the applications and then the other part of it is the the big number one so with the with the application coins which i think that a lot of them will not exist because they are just uh, a lot of uh, not the right ones you say even if you're thinking about participating in an initial coin offering be on the lookout for scams that's correct yes and thank goodness that has uh, died down quite a fair bit Right, and there's a lot more uh, government scrutiny on, on on ICOs. So from now on, I believe things are more controlled, and uh, also the investors are, are better informed. Not because of my book, but uh, uh, as they read more and and experience more, I think mm-hmm. people are more informed right now. So so we're going through a phase of uh, a better investment quality. Okay, so taking a look ahead, what can you tell us about what you see as a future for? Uh, cryptocurrency or blockchain, what, some, what sort of trends do you think we can expect? You, you think we're, we're going to move towards tighter regulation? I mean, right now, cryptocurrency is unregulated here. So I think crypto is going to keep coming. Uh, I think the best way to explain this, I think we're going through a phase like, like Nasdaq, going through a uh, dot-com bubble, right? So we have, we have a phase where hype was in, everybody's going blindsided, and then you have a crash. I think, I think we have a big crash. I think this is what you call the pop of the bubble uh, and now we are going back to um, real development of technology mm. investors are more savvy uh, we'll go through a phase a period of time where where some of these companies have to prove their technology mm-hmm. uh, have to develop a product that's really useful and then those that succeed will succeed which I think a very small number of them and then a lot of will cease to exist because they just can't uh, turn up the product that they promised to what is the easiest way to purchase crypto I can't let you go without asking this one you can use your credit card in a U.S. company. That's probably the easiest way to, to buy some. Use your credit card? Yeah. So, so some companies you can register in the U.S. And, and purchase via your credit card. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing more about your book. Ling Ho Lan is the author of Decrypted, a financial trader's take on cryptocurrency. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.